All right, if you guys have your Bibles, you can turn to Revelation chapter 12, verse 7 through 17. It's the perfect Mother's Day text. If you didn't know, this is it. I, I found it, and we're going to go ahead and, and be in this one today. Um, but before we do, uh, on the sheet that you guys have, uh, will you guys pray this prayer with me? And then I'm going to read Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 through 17. Pray this with me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Blessed are the readers, hearers, and keepers of this world, of this word. Now a war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come for the accusers of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they loved not their lives even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in a great wrath because he knows that his time is short. And when the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. But the woman was given uh, the two wings of the great eagle so that she might fly from the serpent into wilderness to the place where she is to be nourished. For a time and times and half a time, the serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman to sweep her away with a flood. But the earth came to the help of the woman and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed the river that the dragon had poured from its mouth. Then the dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war on on the rest of her offspring on those who keep the commandments of God and hold the testimonies of Jesus. And he stood on the sands of the sea. You guys may be seated. I told you it was a perfect Mother's Day text, right? You know, every time I preach Mother's Day, I, I should be in Revelation. So here we go. We're in this scene here, and it's a continuation from last week. But here we see that there is a great war in heaven and on earth. We see both. And I love how Revelation seems to follow our prayer life or what Jesus laid out for us as a prayer life. Each and every week here at Grace and Mercy Church, we pray this, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And here we see heaven and earth. Here we see these two worlds, if you will, coming together. And then we prayed in the Psalms over and over and over again when we were in there that our enemies will not defeat us. And we prayed that over and over and over again. Lord, don't let our enemies win. They look, they look big and they look scary, but please do not let them win. We've prayed this prayer over and over and over again. And here we see that we will be praying this 
So get ready. We'll be praying this until Jesus comes back, until this victory is once and for all. And But yet we also, until then, we pray this in faith, believing that this fight is actually won, that Jesus won it for us on the cross, that his death, burial, and resurrection is guaranteeing his victory. And yet at the same time, we still see the effects of Satan's sin and death here on earth. And yet... There is going to be a time when once and for all, it's all done and we're going to worship in heaven. But like I said, this text is a continuation from last week. In last week, uh, we see this dragon here once again, but this is the great red dragon from last week with seven heads and ten horns on each head. He is big and scary and mean, and he's meant to cause fear and intimidate. And last week we saw him and the woman that is mentioned in this text as she is beautiful and she is pregnant and she's about to give birth. And the great dragon was standing over her, wanting it to devour the child, to eat the baby. And then this woman who is in a very vulnerable place, we find that even in her vulnerable state, she has strength and beauty. She has strength and beauty. And the great red dragon appeared as if he was going to win. But in a plot twist, he was caught up to God in his throne. And the woman was ushered to safety in the wilderness where God had prepared a place to nourish her just like he does again this week. And it's a beautiful, beautiful scene and a horrifying scene all at the same time. But this week we see the war's continuation. So here we see this dragon, the, the sun gets lifted up into the heavens and the woman flees and this dragon takes him and his angels and goes into the heavens to seek war with God and his angels. And this war, um, we, we think that uh, like we'll kind of be in this war until its end for the next couple of weeks. But one of the things I love about this war is that we can see that God fights those that are not his. He opposes things that oppose him. And in this, as we long to do God's will, this should be a great comfort for us because there are things that oppose us as well and God will oppose them because He doesn't want anyone to defeat us. He wants us to reign victorious with Jesus and He he doesn't want fear to be in our lives and being big and scary as this dragon is. He wants to take it away from us. Take away, um, the dragon wants to take away our hope in Jesus. And again, I love, I can't help but go back to the Psalms in my mind that are full of war, war, war language. And we know that God wages war against his enemies. We know and believe in faith that God wins all his battles. Think of in, in the Bible up to this point, if you've read the whole thing up to this point, we've seen just a few stories. We've seen Moses and the Egyptians. Moses, this stuttering guy that comes out of the wilderness and comes and fights this mighty nation of Egypt with his words and with these plagues from God. And who wins? Well, the Israelites are freed. It's a great rescue story. But the odds were totally against Moses. Then we see Joshua and Jericho. This huge walled fortified city against this band of basically nomads for the last 40 years. And they're supposed to march around this building. And what happens? God shows up. 
God shows up. Or we can think of Gideon and his 300 soldiers against 10,000 people. And lo and behold, Gideon wins. Or David and Goliath, you got this little pipsqueak of a kid going out to fight this mammoth giant. And of course, you know who's going to win. The giant always wins because he's bigger. And yet David takes him down. And the list could go on and on just like we could compare. Jesus looks frail sometimes compared to our sin. And yet he's so much bigger and he wins. All of these battles that we've seen in scripture, it looks like, it looks like God's people are going to lose. It looks like there's no way out of it. But as God's people, they didn't lose. They are weak, but in that weakness, God is strong over and over and over again. And here in this great battle in the heavens, it's actually not as dramatic as some of these other stories are. Some of these other war stories. Michael fought against fought, Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. So we've got this great war going on in heaven. But it simply says then he was defeated. Like the war started and it was over and the dragon was cast down. It was very anticlimactic. He was thrown down, period, defeated. It was a war, sure, but it was pretty simple, actually, for Michael and his angels. It was a simple outcome that he was cast down and he was defeated and there was no longer any place for him in heaven which is a beautiful thing. And I love that this battle is seen as just something like, okay, see ya, go down, war over. You're not, you're not gonna do this here anymore. And is it, it's at this point that the defeated dragon's identity is revealed. This is, the dragon is revealed as Satan or the devil. His title is given as the deceiver of the whole world. The dragon is a great liar. He's a great liar who loves lies and loves to wage war with lies and trickery and deceit. If we're honest, truth is a hard, time to face, hard thing to face at, at times, isn't it? Sometimes it's easier just to believe little nuggets of lies, but these lies are destructive and they're damaging. And they, when they are believed, they can do great damage when they are believed. But believing a lie is cowardly. And they are defeated through Jesus. This great war in heaven is over very quickly. And then Satan is cast down to earth. And we see the war on earth. And as soon as he was, was thrown down, he went looking for this woman who uh, fled away from him last week in last week's text. He couldn't win in heaven. And, and he knows that he's lost. But he is at least going to destroy this woman. And it's pretty safe to assume that the, the devil is trying to basically do the same thing that he was going to do the child, like consume her, somehow get away with her once and for all. And then Satan found her and he was closing in on the woman and the woman was given two wings of a great eagle so that she might fly away. It's a beautiful picture. And I tried to think about like, what are these two wings? What might they represent or resemble in this scene? And if you have an idea, your idea may be right. So just stick with it and ignore mine. And so we can, we can do that. But the last time we saw the number two in the book of Revelation, we saw the two witnesses standing, giving testimony to the goodness of God, to his grace, to the blood of the lamb and its conquering um, effects over Satan, sin and death. The strength of these witnesses and their testimony helped her, I believe, fly away in a time of trouble. They delivered her 
into a place of nourishment. So it was witness that declared and lived out and truth lived out. Truth that protected her and rescued her from very much danger. The truth of what Jesus said and what Jesus did. And even Jesus said, if we know the truth, the truth will set us free. But again, Satan is a great liar and he's always striving, seeking to destroy, and he uses lies. He uses lies and he attacks. And we can see that from this text as well as others, that Satan is relentless in his pursuit to destroy beauty and truth relentless in it he attacks and attacks and attacks and attacks and just when you think you've won something he attacks again he's unrelenting he is defeated in heaven and he comes down to earth to pursue this woman and yet she continues to get away and he comes right back at her in his unrelenting attack even though he knows she's defeated and even though supernaturally this woman is whisked away again He still continues to attack. And sometimes he uses different tactics at different times. Whatever he can do to see us defeated is what he's going to try. And in this passage, he hates the woman. He hates the child. He hates the truth. He hates the heavens. He hates that he's been defeated and he won't accept it. He also hates us. And it's probably true that he hates himself. But hate is what he is full of. And this third wave of attack from Satan in this scene was he was trying to flood the woman. He was trying to overwhelm her. He was trying to sweep her away like a river during high flood season. The river came out of his mouth and knowing Satan, this could be metaphor for lies, lies, and more lies just flowing an onslaught of lies coming at this woman that she is tempted to believe. But again, in a miracle, the earth swallowed up the river and came to the aid of the woman. I love this picture because God uses all his resources that are available to him to rescue his own. We've seen in some of the stories in the Bible that God uses miraculous things on earth, earthquakes or water being parted or the sun standing still to to rescue his people, to cause them to give them defeat over their enemies. And in the Bible, it says that the whole earth is the Lord's. And if we believe this, why wouldn't the earth be able to open up and swallow it up? If it claims that the the rocks will cry out in praise of him, and it appears that also the earth will help protect those who worship its maker. And this is a beautiful thing. And I love that the earth swallows up this river, this river that is flowing from Satan's mouth. But in true form, our defeated foe realizes once again that he's defeated, but he's still pretty angry. He goes and he wages war on the rest of the women's offspring. And the offspring would be you and me if we were there. Those who are holding fast to the testimony of Jesus. Yes, Jesus is Lord. Yes, we believe in him. Yes, we believe that he died on the cross and that he rose from the dead. We believe these things. And so he would come after us. He would come after us and he would tempt us to believe more lies and get us to let fear defeat the freedom that Christ has brought us. He is no longer able to bring accusations against us in heaven, but he's still trying. 
He's still trying to. And in this way, so in a way, we need to wage war against Satan and all his attacks. Amen? We know his ways since he reveals them to us. Since scripture reveals Satan's ways, we are wise to the ways that he works. We, and so in knowing the ways that he works, we can build up our defense so that he will not win and he will not overtake us. So that way when we're weak, at least we have a fortification around us. At least we can see the testimony of other witnesses. See, because Satan wants to come down and he wants, to, he wants to defeat us and he wants to pull us away from God. I believe that we've all heard lies in our own heads. How many of us, you don't have to raise your hand. How many of us have heard that you're not worthy of the love that God wants to bestow on you? See, that is a lie. That is a lie because God says that we are worthy of his love and he proves this by coming down in the form of a man and dying for our sin to take away all the unworth that we might possess and then replace it with his own worth. And he says, this is your worth. This is who you are. So all those accusations that say, and you're not worthy, you are worthy because of what Jesus has done for you. I believe that many of us have heard that we're not good enough. You're not doing this right. You're not doing this right. And yet, we are special enough to be called sons and daughters of God based on the work that Jesus has done for, them, done for us. My kids don't need to do it right. And how much better is God our Father? In the light of Jesus, it doesn't matter. The lie that we're not good enough doesn't matter because we are loved enough. And in that love, it's defeated the, the sayings and the lies that go on in our head that say that we're not good. God's love defeats the lies because we don't need to be good enough. We are simply loved for who we are. And that is far better than having trying to climb some ladder to accept worth or acceptance because we are already accepted. We've Many of us have heard, you can't do this, or you can't believe this. Are you serious? Like we were just talking about Jonah before. The, are you serious? You believe a fish swallowed a man? Yeah, kind of. So we believe some crazy, you can't believe this. Science has disproved this, that, or the other. And that's fine. If some of it, we need to listen to science, and some of it, we just accept by faith anyway. We've all heard that we, we can't believe this or that. We, we can... Um, we can believe, though, that Jesus not only rescued us, but that he keeps us safe. We can believe that his love is a shield around us, that he protects us from every side. We hear the negatives all the time, but they are not truths. They're meant to tear us down. They're meant to destroy us. They're meant to pull us away from Jesus, from his love and from his grace away from all the goodness that he wants to give us. But our lives aren't even ours in our, anymore. Our lives are hidden in Christ. And in that, we are a new creation. Amen? We're made a new creation. We are made whole by Jesus. We are forgiven. We are not abandoned by God, but we are adopted by a loving Father. We are not rejected, but we are loved and accepted beyond anything we could ever imagine. We aren't lost. We are found. 
And when we are found, there is a great celebration because of who God says that we are. We get to resist the devil and his ploys and all his lies. And, and I think that we can take um, a, a comfort in the fact that we know that we're going to be attacked. Just know this. Because it's not like he doesn't leave us weapons to, to he leaves us weapons to fight. It's not like we're weaponless. Ephesians 6, 10 through 20 gives us a list of weapons that are used against Satan so that we might be able to stand against him. And I'm going to read this as a reminder to us this morning. And so let me read this. But as you, as I read it, let, let the Holy Spirit speak to you on which one of these things you may need to like put on extra armor in this. Maybe there's one area where you're just like, you're not, you don't feel like you're doing a good job standing up to the schemes of the devil, this defeated foe. And we're starting tempted to believe some of these things that he says and some of these lies that he puts forth. But finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. We could say against red dragons and their seven heads and ten horns on each head. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand firm, stand therefore. Having fastened on the belt, the, the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which you can, you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayers and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplications for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak." Grace and mercy, church, let us stand strong. Let us stand in truth. It is time in, in this sermon where we're going to circle back around to verse 10 through 12. It's a great hymn that is sung before the, after the dragon is flung down, but we need to hear it knowing that we're going to be in battles knowing that this great dragon is defeated and that even though he's a defeated foe, he's going to still try and wreak havoc. We need to hear this. And now I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ has come. For the accusers of our brothers have been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before the Lord. And they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they loved not their lives, even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. Jesus secured his victory for us on the cross. 
Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection are, by faith, our security and our victory forevermore. Jesus' blood is also the word of their testimony. So when we take communion, his broken body and his shed blood is a word of this testimony. The testimony of Jesus is true. All that he does for us, all that he said about himself, all that he accomplished on our behalf, by his blood, we are made clean and nothing can make us dirty. When Satan tries to tell you that you're dirty, you're too dirty to be God's child, we know the truth is that by blood, his forgiveness his grace that we are clean and there is nothing we did to deserve it, but there's also nothing that can take it away. Here, you can hear our cries in this, our cries of freedom. Our cries of freedom as Christians are grace, forgiveness, that we are clean, that we are whole, that we are saved and that we are loved. These are testimonies that Jesus gives us and that we can hold on to and that we can, the word of the testimony is simply this, that Jesus' blood makes these things more true than any lies that want to be thrown at us. And nothing, nothing can take us from the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus. No heights, nor depths, nor any created thing in heaven or on earth can take God's great love for us. And in this, we get to rejoice. So Lord, we thank you that our foe is already defeated. Lord, we believe this in full faith. Lord, we still see some of the effects and we believe that one day we no longer will. And so Lord, we ask that that day come soon and that you may come quickly to us. In Jesus' name, amen.